Welcome to Beers and Buckets, the podcast for degenerates like us who like to drink beer and watch college basketball. And we are like a week out from college basketball. We're still doing a conference preview. So tonight I am joined by David from Hoop Southbound, the SEC basketball podcast from Variety Sports Network, which we are also a part of. So make sure you check out both of these Twitter accounts. Uh, David, what is the Hoop Southbound account? So I don't mess it up the handle there. Yeah, it's real simple. It's at Hoop Southbound, though. That's actually how Perfect. the name was chosen. Um, yeah, we were originally going to be Southbound Hoops, and uh, Twitter just flipped it on us when it suggested a uh, Twitter handle for us. So, yeah, we're just at Hoop Southbound. Nice and simple. Perfect. Yeah, and then you could also follow other shows like ours, like Beers and Buckets, like Hoop Southbound, uh, at Variety underscore Sports underscore. So, like I said, we're joined by David from Hoop Southbound. So, David, kind of give us the insight. How long you've been talking SEC hoops? How long you've been a, a basketball fan? And kind of give us an insight into who you are and why we should listen to you tonight. Yeah, so I've been actually talking uh, SEC hoops in some capacity for uh, six years with a paycheck. Um, so, if you want to go that way, um, yeah, I started out uh, here in Northwest Arkansas, where I live today, in Fayetteville for KFSM as a producer. Uh, did a lot of coverage for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Then I was up in Kansas City where I covered the uh, Kansas Jayhawks, UMKC Roos, and, of course, the Missouri Tigers up there uh, for KCTV for a little while. Um, then I decided to get out of the industry entirely for a little bit and uh, decided to go to law school. Missed it so much uh, working in that field that I, a friend of mine who's also very passionate about basketball, her and I, her name is Maddie. She's my co-host. And, uh, yeah, we talk SEC hoops. Uh, once a week and uh, do all sorts of crazy stuff on our YouTube channel because this is a sport we love. I grew up around the sport. My grandfather's from Indiana. He got to try out for the Atlanta Hawks um, back in the 70s, back when uh, Maravich was playing there. Um, yeah, it's it's something that's very passionate in my family. I, I love basketball more than most other sports. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah, and by the way, this is not me like just blowing smoke. Seriously, go, people, go listen to Hoop Southbound because I've listened to their preview episodes on each team that they do very insightful um they know their stuff they know what they're talking about i doubt you'll find another podcast that covers a conference as a whole as well as they do so please go check that out um but so because of that i was like all right we got to get this guy on to talk sec uh i would have loved for maddie to have been a part of it too obviously but you know schedules and things don't always work out the same i get it so but we got we got half of the brain here so let's go um, so we are going to, before we do the, sh the show rundown, before we get into the actual hoops part of the, the buckets part of beers and buckets, we're going to get into the beers part. So I do have a beer that I want to tell you guys about. So David, uh, I, I think I told you off pod that I had a Halloween party last night that we were hosting costume party. And so I did have a beer to review like in hand tonight. Uh, but it got taken from my mini fridge uh, because it was so good. So it was the Blue Licious Lightning from Marker 48 Brewing. It's based out of Wikiwachi, Florida here. It's about four, 45, 50 minutes away from me. Uh, but it's a seltzer. It's not technically a beer. It's a seltzer, but it's 6% ABV. And Untapped has a 3.84. But, dude, it is a straight-up alcoholic Powerade, Blue Powerade. It tastes just like Blue Powerade. It is amazing. Um like I, I, I'm so disappointed that the it was a pack of four that the other three got taken. I only had one last night. Um, but the crushability is a five out of five. Can design was four, four out of five. Aroma four out of five. Flavor five out of five. And then appearance, it literally looks like Blue Powerade. Um, so I gave it a five out of five. Overall, 
it was a four out of five, which is like the highest I think I've given a beer on this podcast. So um, if you ever have the opportunity, go check that out. Um, if it's not your local liquor store, like request it. If this, Sometimes they'll do that. By all means, dude, you don't want to miss <laughs> that out. Like I guarantee is so good. It was amazing. So do you have anything you want to drink tonight or review on or anything? Well, I am not drinking tonight, but I will love to throw a review out there. Like you on Saturday, I was out at a costume party. Uh, enjoy- well, actually, it was Friday night for me. Yeah. Um, and I was enjoying a local beer that we have here called uh, Ozark Lager. Five, it's a five, just flat out 5.0 on the AB view. Not bitter at all. Uh, low bitterness. It's really good. Uh, it's got a nice crisp fall morning taste to it. It, it is absolutely yeah. delicious. They sell it in six packs, but most of the times, if you're down here in this area, you'll find it on tap at most any bar around here. I mean, it is smooth, German lager style. Absolutely delicious. I'm a classic beer guy myself, but I'm go. definitely going to have to try that seltzer that, uh, yeah, that you made. But when I... When it's I recommend so this beer, if you watch the uh, Purdue Arkansas game uh, exhibition game mm-hmm. last yesterday, yeah, uh, it's been down about as smooth as a uh, Trey Mark's uh, Trayvon Mark's shot to send that game into <laughs> overtime. So, uh, absolutely great beer. Yeah, no, that um, that was a fun game to watch. By the way, the exhibition for sure. Um, <laughs> well, I was there. I was at a blast. <laughs> oh, I bet it was sold out. I bet it was. I bet it was a huge, huge event for you guys. So, um, especially when you have the number three team in the country coming to visit. You gotta, you gotta sell that out. Um, even Absolutely. if it doesn't count for anything, who cares? Um, all right, so let's get into it. SEC hot topics. We have. Let's start out with the team that I'm rocking tonight. As you know, I'm a Kentucky Wildcats fan by nature. Um, but the, the inevitable question is here. It is the first time or there, it hasn't made to this out of the second weekend or the first weekend in four years. So will this Kentucky team make it out of the first weekend of the tournament? I'm going to say, yeah. Um, so I, I've been a little bit like, I, I think if people listen to my show or anything like that, I kind of come off a little bit and from Kentucky fans perspective anyway, <laughs> as being down on Kentucky, it, they're super talented. Uh, I think this team is more than capable of getting out of the first weekend and making a sweet 16. Uh, I've got them in a list of uh, teams that I think can go deep in March. The yeah. thing is, and this has been my point with Kentucky a lot is that the trend we've seen since like 2015 uh, and March Madness is that these teams are getting more and more experience. Um, back in before 2015, the average number of true freshmen who were in the final four was around four. Uh, that was the average number. That number is yeah. now down to 1.7. Uh, and so we've continuously seen the numbers just drop and drop and drop. So I don't know if this is going to be Cal's swan song in the one and done era for uh, Kentucky and depending on how deep they yeah. go this year. Or if they're going, if if they're going to get bumped a little bit earlier than expected, but I think this team is talented enough to make a Sweet Sixteen. Hard to tell without a bracket, but they got the uh, they got the ability. Yeah, I mean the the draw definitely plays a huge factor into it as well. I mean last year's Purdue team, very talented, obviously centered by experienced center there with Zach Eady, but the rest of them, he was surrounded by 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 a bunch of young guys, and it obviously reared its ugly head first weekend, first first game of the tournament for them. So. Um, it definitely, like, I could see both ways. I'm more of a realistic Kentucky fan when it comes to like, you need, re- you need more experience getting Trey Mitchell help, having Antonio Reeves Absolutely. helps with that. There's not a lot of experience on this Kentucky team. So, um, the only thing I think makes up for it is like just sheer talent. And this seems to be one of the more talented freshman class that Cal has had in, in quite some time, probably from what I've heard from everybody, from what I've seen, it kind of seems like it's more near the Fox Monks type, maybe a little bit the SGA, Kevin Knox type. 
and less of the like uh Tyrese Maxey era. You know, even then that was a really good team. But um <laughs> let's move on then because I don't want to be a homer and talk about Kentucky all night. All yeah, right, between these three teams, who makes the final four first? Tennessee, Alabama, or Arkansas? So, okay, so first off, we're going to talk about on my show this week, I do think that the SEC is kind of overdue for a Final Four team. Yeah, uh, this year They haven't had one since 2019, since Auburn made it. Out of those four teams, uh, or out of those three teams you just named, this season, I like Tennessee or Arkansas to do it the most. Um, you know, with Tennessee, that would definitely be defying history for them, uh, since their greatest achievement has been to make an Elite Eight, but like, Overall, when you're returning Santiago Vescovi, Zakai Ziegler, uh, and then you've got talented players who've been playing for the U- the uh, under-19 team and ten- for the Vols um, and for the USA, I mean, it's in Awaka. Yeah, I mean, you don't have a bad team put together for Tennessee. So one of those two teams, I feel like, have the best potential to make the Final Four this season. Yeah. Arkansas, it's going to all come out of their backcourt. Um, when I was talking to Ronnie Brewer on my show, uh, he was telling us that when they constructed Arkansas's roster, they had based it off of the two teams, two of the te- three three teams they've lost to in the tournament um, over the last couple of years, and that's Baylor and UConn yeah. is how they developed those teams. And they took what UConn had with experience and the talent they have with their guard play, and then they looked at the shooting ability at UConn, and that was their hope for building this roster this year. So they're trying to make a run to go deep in March um, being built out of the transfer portal. So yeah, those are my two teams that I would put the most money on out of those three to this season. Now, Alabama, it may happen eventually. Nate Oates is a good coach. Yeah. Yeah. Alabama is, it's, he's a good coach, good recruiter. Just seen there's something missing. They always have very talented teams and they fall short. Um, I don't know. I mean, last year I feel like was their best bet and they still fell short. So Tennessee, I'm a known Rick Barnes hater. And uh, and this is not like anything personal. It's just he coaches for Tennessee. And that's a rival, obviously. So that's why that's why I don't really like him. But also, it's just like he has very talented teams. He had KD on his team and still felt you couldn't make it to the second weekend. So oh, trust uh, me, my brothers are Texas fans. Like I, I make fun of them for that all the time. Like don't yeah. get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's tough. And then Arkansas. I think I love Musbus. Always been, always been there. Um. I think I think similar similar scenario as the other two. Like they have a lot of talent. I think he's the one. If I had to pick a co- between these three coaches, he's going to be the one that gets them over that hump for sure. Um, all right, let's move on then. Missouri is it fool's gold or is there something more with this Dennis Gates squad because they kind of outkicked their coverage last year? Can they repeat that or do you think that was more of a one off thing? Can they repeat it this year? Is to be like fourth in the SEC, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I still still think they they have the ability to make the tournament this year, but I, I'm not thinking that they're going to be fourth in the SEC, maybe even fifth in the Like I don't think top five is in their category. They can make the tournament. They can win some games they're not supposed to. But like when you look at the conference, like last year, how many first-year coaches did we, did we have? And then when you break it down, like how many of the conference wins did Mizzou get in that? Now, Dennis Gates is a good coach, so I, I do think Mizzou's good, and they still have a good backcourt despite losing Hodge yeah. uh, from the team, but Mizzou's not bad. Like, I, I think they're. I don't think it's fool's goal, but I don't think they, they're going to repeat to that level. That makes sense. Yeah, it's probably somewhere in the middle there. I agree with you. All right, um, and the last one, Ole Miss. What can we expect from Beard and Company? I'm with you. I heard the Ole Miss episode. I think my opinion I think they're going to be a fine team. I don't think they're going to be necessarily good. 
Uh, they'll be a lot like what Vanderbilt was last year. Like they, they cause problems for really good teams, um, especially the style of play. I mean, that front court is insane. Uh, as if Musa Cisse gets cleared by waivers, obviously for the transfer. Um, but like beard teams always seem to have just give teams problems, right? So that's that's kind of where I'm standing at it. What do you think? Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, um, like you said, you've listened to my show on that one. So like, yeah, Brandon Murray and Moses Cisse, like that's your catalyst point for exactly how far this team's gonna go. Like it's all in the NCAA's hands right now. But yeah. like they got good players. This isn't gonna be like last year's old Miss team by any means. Um, they're gonna be good. There's gonna be energy in there. They can finish top ten in the SEC, but like overall, you still got some holes that you got to figure out. Definitely, um, yeah. But Coach Beard's got for a good first transfer class starting things out. I- I'm digging it. Like it's not a bad situation for Ole Miss because no. Ole Miss has been terrible, terrible at basketball in this conference for years. <laughs> yes, um, they have. <laughs> yeah. So seeing so seeing that um seeing that they've got a decent team has got to be exciting in Oxford. So I. I think they're going to be fine this year, but I don't think they have the NCAA tournament in their sights right now, uh, given their current situation. That's fair. Yeah, that's that's definitely fair. All right, let's get into it. the team rankings then. So like I said before, like we've done before, you will have the first pick, and then I will go with my first pick and the second pick, and then you'll go two and three, and then we'll just kind of snake it that way. So who is your – and this is always a – like a tough one, like do you do it by like preseason or do you do it by the final team rankings? So I'd say let's go with the final team rankings, where we think the teams will end up at the end of the season in the okay. final. I, I can go with that. That'll yeah. that'll be definitely different than the list that I have on my show coming up. So like yeah, that'll be go. yeah, we'll save something for my viewers on that one. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So who is your first who who you have finishing first in the SEC? So I have Tennessee finishing first in the SEC this season. I, I know you're a Tennessee hater uh, and everything <laughs> else, but that's that's what I've got. Um, look, Tennessee's finished in the uh, top section of the SEC the last couple of years. Uh, again, they're returning some really significant pieces for this team. I think what's holding Tennessee back uh, overall is shot selection in the in the uh, backcourt. And so I think they're super close. I, I think they have the ability to win the SEC this year. Um Hate on Rick Barnes all you want to, but he does well in the regular season. <laughs> um, you know, when he gets to March, it's a different story. But I think they're also got a, like a really tough schedule that they're going to be playing in the non-conference. So when I think they get to conference play, they're going to see a lot. Uh, they're going to be have played enough quality competition to know how to handle a lot of different environments. Definitely. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, I think I think there's going to be a little bit. And last year they had a, they had a very similar squad to this year, obviously, and they finished end up finishing fifth. So I think there's still some kinks to be worked out. Maybe this is the year that happens. So that's why I just for me it's kind of you have to prove it. Um, but that might sound you know hypocritical because I'm a Kentucky fan and going to have them <laughs> finishing second. So I get it. Um, but I have Texas A&M finishing first this year. They were they finished second in the SEC last year. They returned like nearly everybody uh wade taylor the fourth is a very good basketball player probably going to be one of the best in the conference um and and they just a solid squad i mean went 15 and 3 last year in the conference like i think they could definitely repeat that and maybe improve on that and finish first so for that reason i have them finishing first there um and then i have kentucky finishing second obviously this is a whole new roster so it's like you can't compare it to what happened last year when they finished third this is the most talent that we've seen in, in Lexington in a while. That's not reliant on transfers. Um, 
they they use the transfers to boost their their you know roster but it's not heavily reliant on people that you know that I was just never sold on to begin with um and then the style of play I think with Riley what what John Welch is doing there uh as the X's and O's guy that's boosting Cal into the century um it's going to help him out a lot so we'll see uh but yeah that's that's kind of where I have uh Kentucky finishing second yeah, um, dig you on the addition of John Welch. I thought that was one of the best offseason moves that Cal yeah. made this year. So uh, I don't have Kentucky second, unfortunately, <laughs> where I think Kentucky finishes. It will be a little bit further down, but not not that much further down. Uh, I've got Arkansas coming in second. Um, extremely experienced team. Backcourt's great. Uh, the shooting, as we saw last night uh, in the uh, exhibition game, is starting to improve, and we've seen it in all the exhibitions so far. Um, so far, what we expected is happening. Uh, with Arkansas's backcourt, the f- question is going to be the front court for them. That's really what it's going to come down to. Uh, and can they avoid their typical what's been the Eric Musselman slump in January, early January before they start figuring things out? So I've got Arkansas finishing second. I honestly, I think me and you are going to have basically the same teams in the uh, top four. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think most everybody's feeling the same way about them because you're talking about talented teams and super experienced teams, but I, I'm going yeah. Arkansas second. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, and we say this, like we say this on these shows all the time, it's like splitting hairs, honestly, like you, we could be off by like one game or two games or something like that. So, uh, I mean, that's where I have, I have Arkansas third. So it's like, again, could be splitting hairs there, especially after what I saw yesterday. Um, they definitely look like they're, they were better than advertised for sure. Uh, and who'd you have finishing third again? I'm sorry. Well, I've got Kentucky finishing third. So oh, there you like, go. just flipping them. Um, <laughs> I, I think overall, so that's my optimistic situation because like, I feel like with Kentucky, the ceilings, the roof and the floors, the basement with uh, how young <laughs> the team is, yeah. like it can go, it can go in a lot of different ways, but I'm choosing the side of optimism right now. And uh, I'm thinking that this team is talented. They did really well in global jam. Like, let's be honest. They did yeah. extremely well in global jam. They went three and out four, no four, no in that tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Baylor only won one game when they were in it. So I'm going with Kentucky. The assist to uh, turnover ratios are great up there in Canada. Uh, I'm I'm liking what I saw from Kentucky from that. So I'm going to rock them third. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have Tennessee finishing fourth. I know that might sound like a surprise to a lot. Again, when you return a lot, and I don't want to like hammer Tennessee the whole night, um, because I do respect them as a program. But when you return a whole lot and then you have um last year what they kind of showed they were a decent team they just weren't a great team and i i just don't trust that to win the conference for me um and i think finishing fourth in a very loaded sec is still very respectable uh but uh, obviously vols fans are going to come at me for this so i get it (laughs) well at least i have them number one so uh they'll they'll be more comfortable with me on that no i'm kidding (laughs) uh on my number four uh i'm going the other direction i'm going uh texas a&m as my number four i told you we'd have the same top four uh in this situation (laughs) yeah um but yeah you're right texas a&m returning i believe it's like nine out of ten of their top scorers from last year Uh, a lot of the experience uh buzz has been great they finished second in the SEC. Really, I think they also had to hit the emergency button last year coming out of non-conference, and that's one of mm-hmm. the reasons they had to get as hot as early as they did. Yeah. And then there were some other teams struggling that normally we don't struggle. So I, I think they'll still be very good. They obviously got the experience, but I, I think fourth is where I see Texas A&M right now finishing. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I could see that happening again. Like these all, I think the top four or five teams is all – you know, like a coin flip on where they can finish, you know? 
It's kind of crazy. Um, all right, so who do you have finishing fifth? Yeah, so my number five team, I've got Alabama finishing fifth. I'm really excited about Grant Nelson uh, heading to Alabama this offseason. I thought he was a great addition. Um, Nate Oates has finished pretty well in the conference um, nearly every season. But they lost a lot last year. That's why I don't have them higher. And I know that Bama fans have been commenting on my channel and my Alabama preview about, like, I'm keeping the receipts on this. Like, yeah. But, like, when I, when I look at this team, I've got questions, um, you mm-hmm. know, like in the front court, especially um, Jaron Stevenson, we're going to see how far he comes. Sam Walters, we're going to see how far he comes. But like, I think Bama is capable of finishing fifth. Um, overall, I think that's a respectable spot. Like you said, this is a loaded SEC conference this year with a lot of teams with a lot of experience. Yeah, I agree with that. Bama, Bama loses a lot. I think Nate Oates is good. I think, like, I think a hot take is I don't love the whole like only inside shots, only outside shots, nothing in the middle. Like you have a shooter that can make those shots. You let that person make that shot. Um, So I think they kind of like pigeonhole themselves. And sometimes in that scenario where they just have to shoot their way out of it, it's not always the case, but um, I do think this is going to be a fine Bama team. I have them finishing six. So it's kind of, you know, a little bit probably flip with the team that you have finishing six probably, but um, I just don't trust. I just don't trust this Bama team. Um, I think last year they had a better chance, and that's why they finished first in the SEC. Uh, they don't have a Brandon Miller on this team, in my opinion. So that's tough. They really relied on Brandon Miller last year. So um, we'll see where, where they end up. But I, yeah, like I said, I haven't finishing six. Yeah, I, I think that's totally reasonable. And your number five team was Mississippi Miss- State. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted to make sure you had a chance to say that because we went Bama yeah. to Bama there. So yeah, I wanted yeah, to make yeah. sure you got that in. <laughs> um, so yeah. my number six team, I'm going to go ahead and just move my dark horse up because Mississippi State, where I probably would have them six right now, uh, with the Tolu Smith injury, it's got me questioning. I don't know That's exactly tough. when yeah. he's coming back. So I'm I'm leaning back a little, pulling back a little bit on my Mississippi State hype. Um, so I'm going Auburn, actually. Now, Aiden Holloway is extremely young. Uh, he doesn't play, he gambles on defense. So he has a tendency to have the opportunity to get burned, but they added a lot more three point shooting this season and they weren't particularly great. So Denver Jones out there is going to help Auburn. And then also Aiden Holloway. I think we're going to see him make more three pointers per game than what Wendell green did, uh, out there at the point at the, uh, at the one spot. Uh, so that would be my take on that. We'll just see how fast he matures, um, going through the non-conference schedule. But I think Auburn's kind of my dark horse right now. And, of course, returning Janai Broom was also big for them. Um, yeah. 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 yeah I big, agree with you on that. There. <laughs> for me, with Auburn, they – sure, Wendell Green's gone. So they're like, oh, we got rid of the short sh- shot chucker. You still have Katie Johnson, who does the same thing. You know what I mean? So um, better defensively, obviously. And so that's what he's giving you. But I, I just don't trust a team that relies heavily on Katie Johnson – um yeah, so I, I understand that i understand where you're coming yeah. from <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i do think bruce pearl's a good coach and will have them in a good position to be successful um i have auburn finishing eighth but i mean like again with all these it's so close the the top half of the sec the top two-thirds of the sec is very 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 close in in, in talent and uh the way that they'll play is very hard too and it's you know it's a godsend given what we've seen you know from like 2011 2012 2013 you know like it's so much better now where we have seriously probably 
you know, seven to eight, maybe nine tournament teams that could make, you know, like that we have in the conference where at one point we were like, oh, wait, we have four. That, that's awesome. Yeah, you know, it. like, yeah. It's, it's, it's a different it's, day and age for sure. Yeah, uh, it's I'm great. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'll just move on to my number seven, talking about Go that depth. It. Yeah. Um, so that's this is where I have Mississippi State right now. Like yep. I said, the Tolu Smith, I would have them higher, but the Tolu Smith uh, injuries just got me questioning things right now about how long he's going to be out. Uh, but overall, you know, when they get when they have a healthy front court, it's probably one of the best front courts in the SEC coming coming into this season. Uh, we saw Agreed. it. Uh, we saw it head to head with Auburn in Neville last year, and mm-hmm. Tolu Smith won that ball game for them or no, excuse me they didn't win that game but he could have won that ball game for them yeah. if it wasn't for the fact that the front or the backcourt went completely over from three uh in that game so with them returning as much scores as they did and then adding in the portal I, I think Jans has got a, this team going in the right direction and I think State's going to be really optimistic about what they have I think they're going to make the tournament for another year this year no I agree with that yeah Jans is doing doing good things there. I had a buddy that went to Mississippi state last year and he was like all hyped about it. So I, I was, I was buying stock a little earlier than I think the national stage was. And I'm glad I did because I got, I got to pay attention and see what they were doing well. And it turned out pretty good there. So yeah, I'm with you that I, I mean, I have him fifth, but um, yeah, the totally Smith injury probably will affect that somewhat. We'll just see how long, how long it lasts and see, you know, see the effects of it coming out of that. So, uh, so you had fifth, Bama, six Auburn, and then seven Mississippi State. I had fifth uh, Mississippi State, six Alabama, and then seven Missouri. Um, is that is that who you have at eight there? Yeah, I've got Missouri at eight also. Yeah. So, okay. Yep. Yep. That's exactly kind of how it's starting to go here. And this is where the conversation starts getting really interesting is this nine yep. through 14 spot right here in the SEC, yep. I feel like. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll throw my nine out there since uh, we can keep go going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so right now for my nine, I have got Florida, um, and I think you have Florida as well. Yep. My 10 is going to get interesting, though. Um, but let me talk about Florida just for a second. You know, Go really good transfer class, uh, top five in the SEC, according to 24-7. My problem with Florida, the transfers that they got in, and this is why I think they may be a bubble team come March, is that they have they may have some foul problems. Uh, the average personal foul per game for the guys they've got coming in are extremely high. And last year, Florida was on the lower end for personal fouls throughout the course of the season. Yeah. But I, th- I think other teams are going to see a lot more free throw opportunities against the Gators than the, than what they were used to seeing at the o last season. So I think Florida's going to be good. I've got them as one of my three teams that are trying to get that eight spot the SEC might have for uh, the NCAA tournament. So I, I think this is right about where they need to be put at right now. Yeah, it's there's when they rely on so many transfers, and then it's not like even like high profile transfers. It's hard to judge what this team's going to be. Um, Walter Clayton Jr., very strong guard, very good guard, uh, and the Riley Kugel definitely as well. Um, six five, so he's a big guard. I like that. Um, so we'll see what 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 they become, but I think they have a, a very good backcourt, and so that'll help them win games that they probably shouldn't and it could also lose them games because of the side you know we'll see what this front court's like but the backcourt I'm, I'm very high on for sure yeah I mean you gotta like Zion or you gotta like pulling coming in um additionally but like you said like there are co- a lot of these transfers are coming from mid-major programs and mm-hmm. that's where you're scra- left scratching your head now the guy that like I think is going to be just awesome is probably their best pickup was a uh, Samuel Tyrese Samuel you know yeah. six in 
235 pounds, going to be big out of the four spot, almost six rebounds a game. Guy's a monster. He played great at Seton Hall last year. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought that was a good get for, um, I thought that was a good get for uh, Golden. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and he has experience with that Seton Hall team with, Sh- with Shaheen Holloway too, right? So uh, yeah, he knows right. where, to, where to spot the where to spot those guys for sure. Uh, all right, who do you have at ten? All right, so this is where it gets wild. I've got Georgia. Uh, I'm probably one of the people who are the highest on Georgia uh, coming into this season, but this team has a top fifteen freshman class uh, nationally coming to this team. Uh, Blue Kane, Silas Demary Jr., uh, Dylan James all four-star prospects in the top 100 coming into this club. Uh, and then you've also got Noah Thomason uh, coming into this Georgia team. Um, you know, he's another mid-major transfer, but you're hoping that he can be the scorer that he was for Niagara at 19.5 yeah. points per game. Uh, and then you've also got the guy I'm really hyped up on, and I'm hoping he doesn't disappoint. you got national champion, D2 player of the year, RJ Sunahara coming in uh, to play for the Dogs, uh, 19 points a game, six rebounds. He can be put in a lot of different spots for Georgia. And he- brings a little bit of winning culture with him. So I'm big on him. I've liked how much Mike White has turned around Georgia. Um, so I, I've got them as one of those three teams I think are going to try to compete to get out of the bubble this year. Yeah, Georgia is interesting. Um, this feels like a very much like Mike White team now, uh, where yeah. it didn't last year. So it was kind of like it had its bumps and bruises. Um, Mike White has always been a good recruiter. Like even when he, even when he was at Florida, he got talent, right? So my only knock on him is what does he do with the talent? So that's, that's the question, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll see what, what happens, but I mean, yeah, more than 60% of this roster turned over in the off season and they lost the top three scores. So the identity of this Georgia team is why I have them at 12, just like, who are they? But it's not, that's only two spots off of you. Matt Norlander, uh, you know, CBS sports or basketball, Iowa college basketball, whatever you want to, say he's from he's super high in georgia he has them finishing higher than arkansas which is crazy well, he has a lot of teams finishing higher than arkansas yeah that was crazy <laughs> but uh he's he's been really high on this georgia team i think he had them finishing fifth i if i could i i could be wrong on that when i listened to their sec episode not too long ago but he has them he's like there's teams that always end up higher than they should i think this georgia team could be it it wouldn't put in pa- i wouldn't put it past mike white to get him there but then what do they do after that? That's that's the real question. So we'll see. Absolutely. No, that you hit nail on the head right there, man. So, All right. Go ahead with your number 11, bro. <laughs> I have Vandy at 11. I think they're going to be a fine team. Um, I like Stackhouse a lot. I love his swagger. I like the way they play. But they do lose Liam Robbins, uh, Jordan Wright. So uh, I just don't know what to think of Evan Taylor. I don't know what to think of you know Van Allen Lumen. So there's just a lot of, you know, like the, t- the guys that they got aren't really big names and they didn't replace the, the, the guys that took down Kentucky, like Liam Robbins, like Jordan, right. You know, so um, for that, I just don't w- want to trust this Vandy team because it's definitely seeming like the door is closing on Stackhouse here. Yeah. It, almost kind of unfairly, right? Like, yeah. you know, he's coaching at Vanderbilt, like the expectations need to be under. The revenue versus the NIL and everything else when you talk about your other competition is totally different there. And yeah. I, I think I think he's done a decent job to where you need to give him the benefit of the doubt most of the time. But with Vandy, I think like Lee Dort is a guy that you gotta look up to to help replace Liam Robbins sure. this season. Um, once he gets healthy. And then you're gonna ask a lot out of Tyron Lawrence this season. Um mm-hmm. my thing with Vandy though, 
uh, is that they're just super, super young. I think they're probably either the second or third youngest team in the SEC. And then when you look at that youth, most of their players are outside the top 150 that they got yeah. coming into this team. So that's that's kind of where I get scary, scary on Vandy is their depth. Now, I think overall, Stackhouse will keep them out of last. Um, but, you know, yeah. that's the... That's because Stackhouse is a great coach. and uh, Exactly, yeah. yeah. I really a- do believe that Stackhouse is, like, made for the NBA, like, as a coach. I, just I think, do, too. Like, when you don't have to worry about building a roster, you have one that, like, you have scouts and people that construct one for you, and you kind of just, like, get to go and, and get with the top talent. I think he would be really good there. So I'm hoping a team, you know, takes a chance on him soon. I, I agree with you there. Uh, for my number 11, I've got... Ole Miss. That's who I'm. I've got there. Um, they probably could finish higher, um, but I, with the waiver situation they got going on, I without Brandon Murray, they've got some questions in the backcourt when it comes to yeah. their, their overall depth. Um, that's that's my worry. Um, hopefully that works out for them with the NCAA situation. If it doesn't, uh, I'm from Arkansas, so I'm not going to cry too much about it. Um, <laughs> you know, like overall, like guy coming out of my neck of the woods, uh, Rashad Marshall, a uh, big time player. A uh, four-star recruit, um, pretty darn talented, uh, coming out of Batesville uh, yeah. here. That's on the eastern part of the state. Super talented player. But the guy that I'm looking at when it comes to Ole Miss that I'm ready to just watch what he does is Jamarian Sharp. Mm-hmm. Um, I am ready to watch him block every shot that comes <laughs> within a 10-foot radius of that man. Like, he may leave yeah. the SEC blocks this season. <laughs> you know, at some point, Chris Beard just won't be able to help himself if they get Musa Cisse cleared. There's going to be a potential backcourt of Jermaine Sharp and Moose. That's 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 fourteen and a half feet. Like that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, um, Jermaine Sharp. I I've always liked his game. I mean, obviously, like if he could develop more as a ball handler, then he would be you know in the NBA at this point. But he's still a really good college basketball player. So um, yeah. So all right, who do you have finishing twelfth? My number 12 team, I've got LSU. Um, now, with LSU, yeah, this is how low I am on Vandy and their youth. Um, when it <laughs> comes to LSU, I think they got some good pieces. Uh, McMahon did a pretty decent job. Um, you know, you got Jordan Wright coming in from Vandy, who 10.6 points per game. Um, you're waiting to find out about your transfer situation for Jalen Cook, uh, like Ole Miss, but that's the only one you're waiting on. Then Will Baker, 13.6 points per game. 35% from three. That's awesome for your six foot center um, yeah. being able to stretch the floor out a little bit. That definitely helps with losing a uh, KJ there for LSU. Um, overall I, is as good as that front court is for LSU. I don't know if they have the depth in the backcourt to be better. Um, we'll see. That's, that's where my worry is really at with them, but yeah, I think McMahon's done a really good job with less talented rosters, and we've definitely seen that in the NCAA tournament. So For sure. I, I think LSU can, you know, take a step up this season. Yeah, I, I don't know what to think of LSU. Um, I like what they had going last year, but they never seemed to quite put it all together. at the Like at the same time, you, know, you had Adam Miller that was, you know, he can cook. Um, yeah. And then just kind of didn't like in certain games, KJ Williams, same thing. Um, I do like that they get, two not one but two interconference transfers and Jordan Wright and Damian Collins um that's always going to make those matchups fun whether they are you know actually going to be competitive in them we'll see um the the Vanderbilt LSU game should be very good I don't know if 
Damon Collins is going to make an impact on the game that right. they have against Kentucky. Just, I mean, this is being honest with you. He's just, I know that you know, Kentucky knows his weaknesses. So if they do put him in there, it's kind of like throwing him to the wolves a little bit, but um, either way, I think LSU's fine. I have them finishing 13th. So it's kind of like right there. Um, but yeah, that it's interesting. McMahon, I think is, is a good coach though. And I think he gets out, of, he gets a lot out of less talented people um our players so we'll just see what he kind of puts together here but i'd it wouldn't i wouldn't put it past him to finish like 11th or 10th uh just by the way he coaches yeah i know it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting and he's rebuilding an entire team like you know honestly like he had to start from scratch with lsu so any signs of improvement is just gonna be nice there in baton rouge Yeah, yeah 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 so i got a hunch with my 13 i got vandy and i think we both have the last place team the same do we not yeah <laughs> we don't um, have to spend a whole lot of time on them but yeah south carolina yeah. finishing last not we shouldn't be surprised by this um i mean we you really had shouldn't. really good talent in gg jackson and they still finished what what did they finish last year 12th not last yeah. believe it or not um yeah not they, yeah they they managed to not finish last but they i think they finished 13th um in the conference which was next to last but yeah you're adding a few pieces like Miles Stute and BJ Mack. Uh, BJ Mack's going to be interesting. You know, SoCon plays decent basketball, and him coming from Wolford's not not a bad get. Um, but overall, yeah, everybody else got better in the SEC. Like, I think yeah. in any other year, you probably see an improvement out of South Carolina, like, you know, in the standings. But this year, no, I, I don't think this was enough to get yourself to the next, that next level. Yeah. I feel like BJ Mack has been playing college basketball for forever. Uh, and then I, yeah, I went back and looked on his his you know sports reference page, and he has been playing basketball since 2019. So he uh, he's got another year in him, obviously, and then he'll have another year on top of that. So kind of crazy. This is his third school, um, but yeah, coming from USF, I forgot he was on USF. That I should have known that, but um, yeah, that's like that's one name that really stuck out. Um, yeah, I, I just don't know. I just don't think this. Uh, Michi Johnson did light up Kentucky last year when they beat him. Um, so you could watch out for him, especially if they're playing at Rupp. That's some random dude always comes in and, and lights up Rupp. So uh, that could, that could happen again. But yeah, that, I just don't think the talent is there for this team. And, and I think they, they didn't finish, you know, what did they, they finished, didn't finish last, last year because of Juju Jackson. So I'm yep. with you on that. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's get into our first team SEC team. So you will have the first pick. And then I will have picks two and three, and then you have four and five. So snake it just like that. Um, whether you, if you want to put an actual team together and think about fit and all that stuff, by all means, you could do that. Or you could just go straight, you know, give me all the, the best centers in the league if you think that they're going to be the best SEC players. But however you want to do it, I was like constructing like a legitimate, you know, like roster just because I think it's fun. And I like to think of it like fantasy football kind of deal. So by all means, though, take away. Who's your first pick? I will play with the uh, fantasy football style here, but I'm going to start with the guard on my team. And I'm going to yeah. rock Wade Taylor, the fourth out of Texas A&M, 16.6 points per game, 36% from three. One of the best players in the SEC last year. And I think he's going to be, again, one of the best players in the SEC. Uh, I'm going Wade Taylor. That's a That's a great pick. I don't blame you for that at all. This one's going to hurt. Uh... I I I gotta think of 
if I'm gonna win the poll because I put po- I will post these and there's gonna be a poll and people vote for it. So I gotta I gotta appeal to my followers. So I can't pick this person. Uh, I'm actually gonna go with Janai Broom here. Um, okay. With my first pick, so I think I think he's I mean he's obviously a great. He's one of the the few athletic forwards that we have that super athletic forwards. I think he's gonna be a solid player, SEC type player. Um, so give me give me Janai here. So with my second pick, as soon as you get done typing that in here so I don't move too fast on you, uh, I'm going to appeal to my people here, and uh, I'm going to go with the guy I think is going to be an NBA first-round draft pick. Late, not, not a lottery pick, but late. I'm going to go with Trevin Brazil out of Arkansas. He's the forward I'm going to be rocking here. Uh, Trevin, a lot of talent. Um, you know, if I can pull this up. Now, obviously, he got hurt last season, but... In that in that time frame that he was playing, you know, he was rocking. What was it? Eleven point eight points per game, thirty seven percent from three. Um, you know, outstanding player. And him coming back as long as he's healthy, coming back from injury, he's going to be exciting for Arkansas because he is super super athletic as well. Very athletic, very good. Yeah, we're make some highlight reels. Um, we're going to make Sports Center top ten with him. So, <laughs> yeah, he he's super athletic. At, like, it was a shame that he didn't get to play with them last year because that team would have been nuts with him. Um, but excited for what he does this year. So, yeah, I'm with you. All right, um, I'm going with the Homer pick here. I'm actually going to go not with the two names that you think. I'm going to go with Robert Dillingham. Um, okay. I think I watching him play in the blue-white game, watching him play in the exhibition, I think he's going to have a Malik Monk type of year where like, yes, he'll have some cold nights, but his hot nights are going to be scorching. And I think that's what's going to win him a spot on the all SEC team, whether it's first or second team, he's going to be there. Okay. Uh, I I get it. Uh, I think that's totally understandable. All right. So let me think here for a second. So I know who I would pick like next in a list here, but like trying to think about this fantasy football style. Uh, I think I'm going to go. And go ahead, and I'm going to grab another. You know know what? I'm going to go for my three spot here. I'm going Justin Edwards out of Kentucky. Yeah. Um, Super talented. Talking about somebody who's already getting some hype for for the NBA uh, first-round pick or first overall pick. Um, I don't know if he'll necessarily – that's where I'll end up, but he's incredibly talented. And if I'm going to fill this team out, I I need a solid three. And uh, having someone that talented is a nice piece to have. For sure, yeah. I'm going to go with Grant Nelson from Bama here. I think he is. My pick was if I was going down the line. Yeah. 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 I think, I mean, I need to, need to appeal to some Bama fans here, but I do (laughs) think that he is going to be um, the best player on that Bama team. And I think he's going to, his, you know, his shooting is going to be incredible for them. So, yeah. Yeah. I I think that's a solid, solid pick. Like I said, would have been my pick if, uh, if I was just trying to put together like for the SEC poll or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, who do I go here for my number three? All right, not my not my third pick. I'm actually thinking my number two here. So I'm going to go Santiago Vescovi. He was the uh, leader uh, for uh, three point field goals made for Tennessee uh, last season. Um, plays great defense as well. Um, that's one thing you can't knock on Tennessee is how well they play defense. Their defensive yeah. rating screams it from the heavens. Uh, so that is going to be who my uh, my number two is going to be. No, that makes sense. I I agree with you on that. Uh, I just couldn't bring myself to pick him because I <laughs> first I can't stand him. He's just one of those guys that's like I'll never pick. I, he could be a, a national player of the year. I probably would never pick him and like Hunter Dickinson and yeah, like the, the list goes on. Right? He's just on yeah. that list for me. 
Um, I could go, let's see. Well, yeah, I'm going to go with Tolu Smith here. With my fourth pick. Oh my center. I'm a, I'm definitely a front court heavy team here, but I don't I don't mind. That's that's how you win games in the SEC, right? Especially those sleepy like Tuesday nights when you just have to like grind a game out. You got you gotta go with the big guys. So I'm gonna go Tolu. Alright, so I'm gonna go wild here to fill out my team and to get my number five. Um so I'm gonna go try to go get bigger on you. So I'm gonna go ahead and just put Jamarian Sharp in there from Ole Miss. Um, oh. Give myself a lot of rim protection out of this. I got a hunch he's gonna be a monster down low for Ole Miss. So if I, if I'm going for the fantasy points, how many points do I get for a block per game? So uh, I'm gonna rock <laughs> Jamarian Sharp. All right, and then with my last pick, I am going with the Human Torch himself, Antonio Reeves. I think oh, there he is, there's the Kentucky pick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he is, he is one of, he's due for like every like third game he's due for just something crazy like that. Um, so I, I'm going to go with him just because I think he, he brings a lot to the table to my team as far as just like being able to light it up. And this is the year I think he could do it. So, yeah. So we rounded out. Obviously I finished with two Kentucky players in my team, but it is what it is. Um, <laughs> let's move on then. I'll, I'll make sure if you're listening to this, go check out Twitter to to vote or X or whatever you want to call it and vote for whose team will win the poll. We'll have it up for a week. And then uh, whoever wins gets bragging rights, I guess, on who actually knows the SEC. So we'll see. Um, all right. Let's get into our season superlatives as we wrap things up here. So who is your SEC player of the year? Yeah, so um, judging by my first round, my first number one overall pick, I, I'm going with Wade Taylor uh, from Texas A&M. I think he's going to be on a top four uh, team uh, with Texas A&M this season. One that's going to be in the hunt, uh, trying to get an SEC title. I can go through the numbers again, but he super talented player with a lot of experience behind him and a coach that he's comfortable with. So I, I think I think Wade Taylor's about to have a great season for Texas A&M. No, I'm with you on that. I do have them. I do have uh, Wade Taylor as well. So. We can uh, we can agree on that for sure. He's going to be very good for them. All right, um, who do you have as your coach of the year? So it really depends on the standings. Uh, like I was talking about with this team, you can have expectations going all over the place, but I'm going kind of weird here, and I'm going to be my anti-self and pick Cal. Um, oh. I'm, I'm going with John Calperi, and I'm going to say that this team does extremely well, and everybody, when they're voting, kind of thinks to themselves that, like, yeah, this is, this is uh, vintage Cal. And he has a great team. So I'm going to go with John Calipari with that optimistic pick there and say that he wins coach of the year. I think there's a lot of different options. Um, yeah. I think whoever there's a lot of good coaches out here. Um, obviously, you can go think that Nate Oates or Eric Musselman or someone else could win this thing um, if Nate Oates surprises everybody where Bama's picked at right now. But if Cal was to win the SEC, I think that you would almost give him coach of the year at that point for this season. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you on that. Um all right, I have Buzz Williams as my coach of the year, and I typically try and do like what the like you're talking about the expectations. If a team that finished like twelfth last year jumps up to five, like you kind of give them the nod for coach of the year. But uh, I do want to give it to the team that's finishing first, and it's, it hasn't been, you know, like when's the last time you know, Texas A&M won the conference, right? So let's I'm going to give the the nod to Buzz here as uh, at, at coach of the year if they finish first, like I project them to. So yeah. Um, freshman of the year, who do you got? 
Okay, so it's got to be a Kentucky player, right? Um, so <laughs> I am picking DJ Wagner as my freshman of the year. Um, I've been watching a lot of tape on DJ Wagner. Absolutely love his game. Super aggressive. Can play multiple st- spots there in the backcourt. Um, he's going to be a high NBA draft pick. I think he's probably the most talented player Kentucky picked up. But obviously, there's a lot of players on this team that you can point to who have the potential to be freshman of the year. But I, I really like watching DJ Wagner's game. I think that might be the dark horse pick here. Uh, I almost went with DJ Wagner and I'm just went, went contrary and went Justin Edwards because I do think he's going to have a similar track to like Kevin Knox, as far as like his impact on the game and how he approaches playing here at Kentucky. Uh, but talking about DJ Wagner, cause we didn't really, we haven't really talked about him tonight. Um, yeah. The value that you ha- like he's going to be one of the most underrated guards or players for Kentucky because we haven't seen a player like a guard like this for Cal and sometime like probably since Tyrese Maxey or, you know, whatever, but even then it wasn't to this level. Right. So the value that he brings defensively and the way that he is able to actually run a dribble drive offense that Cal loves, even though it's a little bit different now, it's a little bit more modernized. I do think we're going to be like, wow, I can't like, we haven't, you know, we haven't seen a Kentucky team like this in a while. It's because we haven't a guard like DJ Wagner in a while. Uh, yeah. And this is not a slight at the other guards that Kentucky's had. It's just they haven't gotten a guy that can consistently get past their man. DJ Wagner can do that for sure. So he's aggressive, um, he's fast. He plays great defense. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, no, he's, yeah. he's super talented. Yeah. All right. Let's. Who's your transfer of the year? So I think I know who you're going to pick. So I'm going to pick someone that I think can also make a huge impact for the team they're on. And that's L. Ellis out of Arkansas. Um, last year, L. Ellis was an honorable mention for the all ACC team. Uh, he had to do it all for Louisville, man. Like He had to be that guy. 17 points a night, just doing everything he could to get something right for Kenny Payne. Um, L. Ellis, to me, I think is going, to, from what I've seen from him so far, uh, he's going to, I think he'll end up being the starting point guard at Arkansas before this is all said and done. I think he's going to be an excellent addition for this Razorback team. Um, but again, I think I know who you have picked. So that's why I went with L. Ellis. <laughs> well, I don't think, you know, I have picked cause I actually have Tremont Mark as my, uh, oh, my oh, transfer. Okay. Yeah. I, I almost went with Grant Nelson, but I already gave him a nod on my team. So I wanted to give Tremont Mark a, a tra- as a, as a, a nod here as my transfer of the year because I do think I mean like it showed yesterday that that guy can shoot I can shoot the heck out of the ball so um and and shooters just always draw on more attention right so that's why I went with uh Tremon there okay Who do you think so I was going with though I thought you were going with Grant Nelson like I I oh, I, yeah, yeah. I I moved down in my like mental <laughs> list of transfers um like that I, I'm thinking right at this point which is different than my episode I did on transfers but like I had Grant Nelson number one everybody on my show had Grant Nelson number one yeah so, like he's was gonna like, make a huge impact <laughs> I think honestly and this could sound homer of me but like just seeing the way he plays and watching him at West Virginia last year, Trey Mitchell is definitely like a dark horse pick for transfer of the year, oh, yeah. especially because of what he brings leadership wise to Kentucky. Like we talked about earlier, um, he like listening to his inside Kentucky basketball episode, he, that dude is a leader and he's going to get those kids right. Um, and so maybe some of the little freshman mistakes will be ironed out earlier in the season than like midway through, like they typically are because he's going to hold them accountable. So, Oh Yeah. All right. Um, breakout player of the year. Uh, this one is this one's always tough because like it's such a loaded conference. But if you could pick somebody that's not a transfer that you think is going to be a breakout star for their respective team, who do you have? 
Okay, so what I this is going to be weird, but just getting done with my Vandy show uh, here over the last week, Vandy's got to have somebody step up for them this season. Yeah. And I've heard some good things from uh, Joey Dwyer from Vandy Sports um, on my show. So I'm rocking Colin Smith. He was a four star um, that was uh, brought into Vanderbilt last year. La- this last season, he averaged four point six points per game. From my understanding, in their s- not secret. Uh, if they had played this game, he might have been the leading scorer for Vandy uh, in that secret scrimmage um, mm-hmm. if the game had happened. You know what I'm saying? But that's what I was told by Joey Dwyer. And I'm going to rock Colin Smith based on that information. Yeah, that's not a bad pick. He he looked good in the limited time he got last year. So I could definitely see him breaking out. Um, I kind of go in with at the top of the SEC here. Not not someone on in or someone at Texas A and M not named Wade Taylor. We haven't you know it's not Tyrese Radford, it's not Julius Marble. I'm going with Henry Coleman. I think he's going to be like if we have them finishing first or I have them finishing first, somebody else has to step up besides Wade Taylor. I think Henry Coleman's going to do that out of the out of the front court there. Yeah, we talked about Henry uh, Henry Coleman on my show, and yeah, that was one of the players that we circled to watch. Uh, great, great player. Um, Henry Coleman, nine point <laughs> five, just under six rebounds a game. If he, if he steps that up at all, it's going to be great for it's going to be great for Buzz and company. Yep. Okay, so this one is not an actual person. You're picking a team here. It's who scares the most. So scenario, your favorite SEC team or non SEC team doesn't matter is playing is playing a certain team on like a sleepy Tuesday night, it's raining. It's like nine at 9 PM tip off or, you know, 10 PM tip off or whatever you need late tip off. You don't want to, you don't want them to play this game. Who is the team that you're afraid of the most in this scenario? Okay. So if we're talking about sleepy environment, just after Thanksgiving is what I'm thinking here, maybe close to Christmas time. If I'm thinking about my team, which is Arkansas, which is the team that I, I'm the biggest fan of the team that I'm scared the most of that we shouldn't lose to, but if this team has a bad game, we can. That's the Furman Paladins. Um, last season, you know, they beat Virginia uh, out there, and um, they beat Virginia in the NCAA tournament. They returned a lot of talent. Uh, the SoCon is a good basketball conference. So them and UNC Greensboro, both those teams scare me on Arkansas' schedule. Um, yeah, but I'm thinking Furman because they're right now picked to be the number one team in the SoCon. I gotcha. Um I love the answer, and that's so I like that. We're going to add that going forward as like two teams. Um, but also, if you had to pick an SEC team that you're kind of scared of on the schedule the most, who you, who do you have SEC wise? So for Arkansas matching up with, oh yeah. So I've talked about this a lot. If they're feeling basketball in Mississippi this season, and let's say that things work out for Ole Miss, um, and they're feeling some basketball, I'm scared to be either be playing Ole Miss or Mississippi State this season in the hump or the pavilion. So either one of those teams, uh, Arkansas has had a bad history against Mississippi State uh, on the road. I don't know why we play bad at the hump. And then Chris Beard, very great coach. So I'm scared to go to the state of Mississippi. And yeah, we got to make that trip twice this year. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I I smell a loss coming. I am like, I'm with you on Ole Miss. And that's going to be my pick because... The style of play, Chris Beard ball, is not fun to watch, first of all. It's very grinded out. It's very, like, slow-paced and racking up a lot of fouls. Um, Similar to, like, Buzz William ball, like, past couple years, it's just, like, you never want to play that game. You always end up falling into their traps. And especially when you have freaking Jamarian Sharp at 7'5", and you have Musa Cissé at 7'0", like, 
not going to be fun to match up with no matter how many seven footers you have. Like those guys are just good defenders. Um, so for that reason, I am scared of miss old miss rebels and I, I don't want to match up with them on like a random sleepy Tuesday night when it's raining and you don't want to stay up to watch their team, but you got to stay up to watch your team. So yeah, that's, that's what I'm afraid of the most. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, <laughs> All right, who is your like your favorite or best pro prospect from the SEC? So I think we've already both named the two guys that um, probably would be in here. So uh, I'll touch back. It's I think that Justin Edwards or DJ Wagner, either one of those guys, are going to be a lottery pick. I'll I'll flip it on you and I'll say I'll go with Justin Edwards. I think he'll be the dude. Um, he's got those tools that almost every NBA team is looking for. Uh, from his ability to shoot to his ability to rebound, and he's a champion. He won the mm-hmm. uh, Philadelphia Public League as a high scorer, so he knows he knows how to play winning basketball. I'm going with Justin Edwards. Yeah, no, I have Justin Edwards as well. Just just by his his measurables, but also the way that he plays is very smooth. His jump shot for being a lefty isn't that crazy. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of his form. But it, go, it finds the bottom of the net, so that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, so if it ain't broke, don't fix it. His shot and Robert Dillingham's shot are just so hard to watch, but they those guys can shoot, so um, I'll, I'm not going to fix anything there. So I'm with you on that. All right, and then the last season superlative we have is the sleeper team of the year. So who do you think is the sleeper team, kind of based off your rankings? Um, who do you think is going to sleep up and you know, sneak their way into contention for SEC? Uh, so yeah. my sleeper team, uh, I've got right now, uh, it's, it's hard to say because there's three teams I'm thinking about, and it, this depends mm-hmm. on how you define sleeper. Um, but I'm going to go with the one right in the middle, and I'm going to say it's Mississippi State. Um, if Tolu Smith is healthy and he gets back pretty early in January, uh, to start conference play, I think they might have a random fight in there. I think it's a little more likely for Auburn, but like Mississippi state would be my sleeper team, uh, to pick at this point. And I, I don't know. I I think just what I've seen from their front court, I think that's going to be the defining piece for them. If if that's sleeper enough, I can go lower. (laughs) I think, I think that's sleeper enough. Um, I, no, I think that's sleeper enough. I mean, you're talking about a team that finished ninth in the SEC last year. You have them finishing seventh, and that's you know right there in the middle, smack dab in the middle of SEC. So I think that's that's totally fine, especially with it being you know Christian's second year in the SEC. Um, I have uh, Ole Miss as my sleeper team just because they were projected to be really you know bad, you know the bad last year. Uh, but it all kind of de- this answer really depends on if they get the waivers cleared or not like we've talked about in Ozium. Um, but yeah, so I, I have a Ole Miss finishing here. If they, like I said, if they get those waiver clears, hypothetically, if they don't, then I'll probably go with Missouri. Um, they, they'll still Dennis Gates offense is still fun to watch. Uh, even, you know, defensively, they need to improve on some stuff, but offensively they should be fine. I, the rebounding is what they need to work on more than dead last. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> statistic. And no offense to him. But Connor Vanover is not the answer to those rebounding problems. No, 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 he is not. You're right. You are 100% correct there. You are 100% correct there. Um, all right. So let's let's uh, wrap things up here. Dal always likes to ask the question, what are you most excited for in the SEC this year? So I'm going to honorarily ask, ask you, what are you most excited for in the SEC this year? Parity. Um, we were talking about it at the beginning of the show, you know, just about how deep this conference is. And, you know, Mike White had a great quote where he was talking about it being 
historically probably the best this conference has ever been. Uh, we're going to see some craziness happen on a basketball court this season. You're going to watch good team play good team on on, on you know Tuesday through Saturday in this mm-hmm. conference. So that's what's really exciting me the most about the SEC this season. And then probably the other thing is this other conversation we were sort of having at the beginning about Kentucky um, is it's going to be this game of talent versus experience uh, from the mm-hmm. top part of the conference. Uh, it's going to run that a lot of the experience. If the trend holds that the older the team is with granted talent's always in the equation, but like the guys who have higher, higher ceilings of talent versus the guys who are talented and have been around for a while. Uh, who can ultimately win that battle and will go the deepest in March or go the deepest in the SEC. That's those are the two things I'm the most excited about for this conference this year. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I'm excited for I think this year will be there. There won't be a lot of blowouts. I think there's going to be a lot of really close games. And that's what I'm excited for is just like really good competition. Last year, it seemed like there was just a lot of one sided games and even teams like, you know, Arkansas came in kind of blew Kentucky out of the water and then, Kentucky goes into Arkansas and kind of blows them out of the water, you know, kind of like it kind of went back and forth like that. I don't think you're going to see a lot of that. Um, I think it's going to be just closer games throughout. Even the bottom half of the SEC is going to make games competitive with the top half, in my opinion. Might not be like it might not be like, you know, down to the double you know, overtime or whatever, but it could be like, a you know, maybe a 10 point game. And then, you you know, like. Texas A&M leaves LSU with a 10 point win and you're like, Oh, that doesn't look good. But it's like, actually it does look good. You know, it makes the conference look good. So yeah, I I think it's just to be a lot of really good competition this year, which we haven't seen in a conference as deep in a while. So um, hopefully the voters and for, for selection Sunday, don't see like these close scores and these close schedules and these close records and they punish them for it. Because I do think like the powers, at B will probably look at the sec as a whole and be like, this is actually a deeper conference than like the ACC is. So let's not like hurt. Let's not punish people for losing to good teams is what I'm saying. So yeah, absolutely. Let's get the big 12 treatment this year, because I think that's the pure <laughs> conference this season with the sec. Um, for sure. Of, yeah. The big 12 may be the best conference, but the sec I, I think is a pretty solid second right now. Yeah. Uh, and that, that gap is definitely closing between the two. Uh, given Absolutely. the amount of talent this year. So, yeah, I hope we get the Big 12 treatment. <laughs> Absolutely. We we better. Uh, so we better. <laughs> so, all right. Well, let's get out of here. So, David, where can we find you and your show and everything like that? We want to give this opportunity to, for you to plug what you want to plug. So go for it, man. Yeah, absolutely. So first off, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, I've been listening to y'all show since we started our show. Um, and I, as a craft beer drinker myself, I am always <laughs> happy to listen to the show and get a beer recommendation and hear basketball talk. So thank you for awesome. that. Um, you guys can find me just plug in at Hoop Southbound pretty much anywhere on social media, YouTube, or anywhere that you get your podcasts. You can find me um, pretty much anywhere. A lot of our content, though, is on YouTube. So definitely go Check out the YouTube, um, give us a subscribe, give us a like. A lot of content on your team, other teams, also SEC women's basketball and mid-majors that we've got around the South. So come find us. We're not hard to find, I promise. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, and you can find us at Beers and Buckets Pod on Instagram and TikTok. Check us out on YouTube. If you're watching this episode on YouTube, please go share it and like it. It helps the algorithm. And then uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you don't mind. That really helps us. So if you can do that and then check out Variety Sports Network for other shows like this one, you can find them on Twitter. You can just search Variety Sports Network on Twitter and you'll be able to find it for sure. 
And um, trying to think if there's anything else. Home Field Apparel. Uh, use the promo code at Variety Sports to get 15% off your first purchase. I knew we had to do an ad read somewhere. somewhere. But yeah, Home Field, Home Field Apparel, rocking a shirt right now. Comfiest clothes out there. Uh, as soon as it gets cold enough, I break my hoodie out. So definitely check that. Check them out if you like vintage college pas- basketball apparel or college apparel, I should say, not just basketball. But it is college basketball season now, so we're here. And yeah, this is going to be really fun. So check out this episode and check out other conference episode previews just like this one. And so you are up to date in what's going on with college basketball this season. We appreciate you guys listening. This has been The Bottom Line because Connor said so. You guys have a fantastic week. We'll catch you later. Do the last place. Do the last place.